0: them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and we'll go ahead and just start into the message right now. We come this morning, we arrive now to our last message in our new year series for 2024 as you've been here since the end of December, we've been going through a, a series here called The Love That Touches Others. And it's a study in First Corinthians 13. As I've been explaining just about every week is that I really felt on my heart from the Lord to really dive into this subject, to go deep, that God may do even a a more deeper work in our hearts that we would live this out. I believe in the times we live in, in this world, our society, our culture, our our the political air, you know, atmosphere right now. All of that is it's just crazy times, and and I believe that God is calling us to love more, to agape more, and to be a light and witness in that manner. As you uh, remember, I've been mentioning that I believe Jesus is calling us uh, so this year. This year, to love more in 2024. How'd you like that? 2024. So put that in your mind. Keep that in your mind throughout this year, not just this month, not just what we've been studying, but really put it into your hearts that, that we may grow in this area. And I'm saying me too. I mean, this is something that's affecting my life. And, and I keep telling my wife, oh, sorry, I'm not like this. But, you know, I, I don't know if any of us are, but we are growing in this and God wants us to grow deeper, love greater and do more for the for Jesus Christ as this world gets more darker. I mean our world is filled so you know so much hostility animosity hate you know division and even it's fled into Christian circles too and even in the churches so uh, I think this is something which is very important and vital for us to move forward even as our, as a church ohana here and also to go into this year to be the the brightest light we can for Jesus Christ. So let's love more in 2024. Uh, we come today to the last part now of our series here. And at the end, if I don't forget, I'll let you know what we're going to, we're going to start a whole new study of a new, uh, a book in the Bible uh, next week. But today is our, our, our last study in this series. And, and as you know, we've seen uh, four things. I've broken up this chapter First Corinthians thirteen into four parts and our outline was what is love, what is not love, what is love devoted to, and finally what is love's lifespan. So we've been going through this since December thirty first, you guys, and and I just felt like it was important to take the time to do that. So we've been doing that. And if you missed any of the messages, I pray that you would go back, catch our podcast, go on YouTube channel and catch catch them and not miss what what the lord is speaking to us about and ministering to us about now last week we we looked at number 3 in this outline what is love devoted to and if you if you remember we started out that that love is is devoted to well, what is true and right? You know, it rejoices in the truth. And then we saw that love is devoted to covering the shame, right? We, we saw how it bears all things, we saw in verse 7. And, and then we saw how it believes all things. Love is devoted to believing the best of the other person. And then the fourth thing we saw love is devoted to looking forward in hope. Love hopes all things. And the last thing we saw at the end of verse 7 was love is devoted to enduring whatever comes. And so we we stopped there for last week. But now we're going to move on. So Today we're gonna to go on to number four in this outline. What is love's lifespan? That's what I call it, as we finish out the rest of this chapter. Now we come to part five of the love that touches others. Part five. And we're gonna look at number four in this outline. What is love's lifespan? What is love lifespan? We're gonna cover 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 8 through 13. It's the rest of the verses we have in this chapter. But let's stop and pray for a moment. God, thank you for your word. Lord, as we come to you, we ask that you would speak to us, Lord. God, we do want to go deeper in, in becoming who you want us to be and grow in this character of love, grow in giving love, God. So I pray for your spirit to be upon us now. Fill us, anoint this time, anoint your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Years ago, in the Saturday Evening Post, there was this article that came out, and it was entitled this, The Seven Ages of the Married Cold. It was one of my favorite things I've read in the past. And, And in this article, it shows the changing responses of a husband's love to the wife's cold getting sick during the first seven years of marriage. Well, the article, it it went something like this. The first year, the husband says, sugar dumpling, I'm really worried about my baby girl. You've got a bad sniffle and there's no telling about these things with all this strep throat going around. I'm putting you in the hospital this afternoon. I know the food's lousy, but I'll bring in your meals from Rosini's, your favorite restaurant. I've already made all the arrangements. The second year, listen, darling, I don't like the sound of that cough. I called Doc Miller and asked him to rush over here. Now you go to bed and take good care of yourself. Do this for me, please. The third year, hey, honey, maybe you'd better lie down. Nothing like a little rest when you don't feel good. Don't worry, I'll bring you something to eat. Hey, is there any canned soup around? The fourth year, now look, dear, Be sensible. After you've fed the kids, washed the dishes, and finished the floor, you'd better lie down. The fifth year, why don't you take a couple of aspirin? The sixth year, I wish you'd just gargle something instead of sitting up all night barking like a seal. And finally, the seventh year, for Pete's sake, stop sneezing. Are you trying to give me pneumonia? Pneumonia. Well, you could see it seems the husband's love has changed over the years, over the seven years. It's starting to, I guess we could say, losing strength. But is that what true love does? Is that love, is that what the love we find in the Bible, the agape love does? What is life's, uh, love's lifespan? And so that's our heading here. We're going to, for this part of uh, the first part, we're going to look at verse 8. So take a look at verse 8, but just the first part. It says here in verse 8, three words, love never ends. So the first thing I want you to see is this, this love never changes or fades away. This love never changes or fades away. Now, Paul begins here in this verse with uh, the word love, he writes this down. Remember, we've covered this before, but, but since it's here in front of us, the, the Greek word, the original word that's been translated into English is the word agape. And we've heard that word before, right? And I mentioned this before, agape, it really means unconditional love. It, it's a love that, that gives undeservedly. Like even if the person doesn't deserve it, it gives this love, it's unconditional. It's a selfless love. We, we've seen that a couple of weeks ago how selfless. It's not about us, it's about them. It's not about me. And we've, we're learning, right? It's a giving love, it's a love that, that gives without expecting anything in return. And you remember in our first study back on December 31st, I, I gave you the different uh, uh, Greek words for love. And agape turns out to be the highest level of love. And that's because this is God's love. I mentioned, right, any time in the New Testament, almost every time the word love really translates from the word Agape. And so when it comes to God in what we see in the New Testament and how he looks at us, and then when it says that God loves us, you know what? God agapes us. It's that agape love, that same love that Paul is talking about here that should be in us as believers. So he says agape now. He says two more words here as we begin in verse 8. Love never ends. Agape never ends ends. The word never means not even at any time. That's basically its, its, its meaning. In other words, there will be no instance when this love ends. The word ends is the Greek word uh, pip, pipito. Pipito. And it, it means to drop away. It means to fall off. This particular Greek word is actually used for when a leaf falls off the tree, falls on, you know, uh, uh, falls on the ground, gets on the ground and becomes to decay or wither. And so agape, it doesn't do any of that. Agape stays consistent. This love is the same through the years. So think about it this way: This love, this here's the idea. This love never loses strength, right? It, it, its its energy doesn't go lower and lower, like when you play video games. I just pictured that. Oh, oh my, power is getting low. I got to get it. this love. It doesn't do that. It doesn't run out of energy. It doesn't run out of battery life like my iPad or our phones, right? None of that happens. It, it doesn't even get obsolete. None of that. It does not say agape love, this kind of love that never ends. It does not say, well, one more time and that's it. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't change to another level of love. Remember, uh, there's a, there are other levels like phileo is more like a friendship family love. But a lot of times, you know, we'll love if you love me in between or I mean, uh, in, uh, in return. And so... The, It doesn't do anything like that. But it stays on that highest level. It's here to stay. I think about back in verse 4. We learned what? Love is patient. The old uh, uh, translation is love suffers long. Right? It's long suffering. Or we just saw in verse 7 last week. That love endures all things. That whatever comes. It it stays there. It, It endures. Well that's what Paul is saying here. That. This love never changes or fades away, and that's what I want you to get into your hearts that this love we're finding here in the Bible never changes or fades away. That's what verse 8, the first part, is telling us. Now, think about it this way kind of to understand what uh, the agape's you know lifespan, which is never changes or fades. Think about it this way we know that God is love, right? First John 4, 8 tells us that God is agape. And so we know that God is love. And, and then think about God. We also know that God is unchanging. God is unchanging, right? We, this is our, our Lord God that we worship, that we know. He doesn't change. He doesn't, you, you know, alter or, or get different. No, he's consistent through the years. So the source of agape is God because God is love. And so that his love has loved us and his love as believers now flows through us. So you can see why love, agape, never changes, never fades away, never gets old, never gets tired because the source is God himself. Makes sense, right? God is eternal and, and so he doesn't change, so eight. So his love is in that same way, but you may be thinking, "How does this really work practically?" I mean, I mean that I, I stop to think. Well, Lord, I know me, you know, <laughs> I, I I know that. Oh, that this is this is a high calling here. This this seems really hard. This seems impossible. I mean, can my love? That I show and give to others and, and my family and my wife, can it can it really rise to that level of agape that we're learning about? Perhaps you've been uh, you know told like in messages like this or in First Corinthians, and I've heard this. I, I remember sitting under and hearing this. But uh, you know, when the pastor says, you know, just put your name in there for love, and I, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Back in verse 4, right? Rick is patient. Hmm. Rick is kind. Hmm. Rick doesn't envy. Boss is not arrogant. Or Rick is not rude. <laughs> Forget it. Right? I mean, have you ever done that? Like, I, oh yeah, that's nice to say, but practically it's like, I can't do that. I just shut the book. I'm done. I'm, I'm done at Rick is patient. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work there. So have you ever, you know, thought about this? I was just pondering like, oh, God, this is a high level here. If this love, agape, never changes or fades. I mean, I, I can't. It's impossible. And you know what? That's true. It can't, we, we cannot. We cannot. But let me tell you, God can. The Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit in us can flow in us that love so it can go out. Turn over to the left to Romans chapter 5 and I want you to look at verse 5. And I just love this. This, this gives us all hope. It gives me hope. <laughs> uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through through who? the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Right? As soon as we come to Christ, become believers, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We've been atoned for our sins and Christ's righteousness is upon us. And I still can't fully conceive, but God is in us. How does that work? But it's through Christ. And, and we're told in the Bible that the Holy Spirit fills us. He's the one who regenerates us into new creations. And then he lives in us. That we are what Paul said in Corinthians, right? The temple, right? Of the Spirit. He abides in us. So this same Holy Spirit who brings the fruit of love, right? The first fruit in Galatians 5. You know what? He lives in us. And God has poured love. Here in verse 5, in Romans 5, it says, because God's agape, that's the word. It's not just a lower level of, it's God's higher level. It's agape has been poured into us through the Holy Spirit. So do you understand that it's possible? What I think is impossible, it is possible through God, through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in me, that I can rise up. To this level of love. That it, it, it is possible. And Romans 5.5 5 tells me that. You know the human heart. Will only go so far. Right? I mean I know my own heart will hit that limit fast. Oh, now, I, know, I, can't, I can't love that. I can't love you for that, right? Our emotions even, right? They can only carry us so far, and then you know how feelings are. Feelings go up and down, you know, up and down. You could be tired, not have a lot of sleep, and not have a lot of love for anyone, right? Not have a lot of patience. But I'll tell you what, God's love, the agape love of God he's love and he's poured it into our hearts through the holy spirit we can rise to that level of love with god we can we can we can pour out let's say what god has poured in so think of it that way receive this today in that way this love never changes our fades. and i think oh this is hard but that kind of love, that consistency, that level of love, it can happen because God has poured it in us. we got to pour it out now. The Holy Spirit has done that. And, and let me say it this way. You know what the secret? The key to this is to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Be connected to the Spirit. Be connected to God in that way. Sometimes it's out of our mind and we just live our life. But, you know, every day we need to stay connected to the Holy Spirit, His power, His ability, walking, not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, and allowing the Spirit to fill us, to control us, to move us, to guide us, and give us that power and ability, give us that love that's poured in us, help us to pour it out. Yeah. Is that the way? Yeah, poured in, poured out, right? Right. Yeah, that's what we need to do. You know, I was reading, I, I was always kind of fascinated with submarines. And, you know, I like the movies and all this stuff. But uh, I don't think I ever want to go in one. But I, I just thought it was interesting. You know, in World War II, the submarines ran on diesel engines and electric. Electric motors and diesel engines. When they're on the surface... Uh, and running on the surface they ran the diesel engines because as you know engines need air but when they dove under the water they would shut the diesel engines off because there's no air and they run on battery and so they run the electric motors now i was reading that maybe maybe the the longest or the most they can run underwater without having to surface and recharge batteries with the diesel engines, is maybe two days. Maybe two days they can do that. Maybe maybe at the longest. And that's if they go slow in the water. Yeah, if they go faster, cuts down on the battery. Today, the modern submarines run on nuclear power. When we read about nuclear submarines, it's not so much the missiles, but it's, it's, it's the engine. It's what's what's running them, how they go. They don't need air to run. Did you know that? They don't need air to run like diesel engines. Recently, the UK uh, launched a new Astute-class submarine. That's what they call it, Astute. And they boast this submarine can stay submerged now underwater for 25 years. Crazy. Crazy. But who would want to be in water that long, right? I mean, of course they got to come up for supplies because eventually they'll run out. I've read of some missions that have gone on for four months underwater without coming up. And some even are pushing six months. I mean, that's crazy. I got to see sunlight, right? I got to breathe regular air. But do you see the difference two days to 25 years? Do you see how the connection makes the difference so you guys connect to the right source connect to the holy spirit let the holy spirit flow this agape love this love that never changes or will never fade this love that's not in us but it's from god the one in us well eventually we lose strength right after seven years sorry wife you know, or <laughs> I was thinking this morning, I thought, Oh yeah, I remember when Kristen and I were dating and, and I remember opening the door with her for her, you know, when I come pick her up and she get in, she shuts the door. But now it's like hurry up, get in already, you know. <laughs> no, just joking. But but I'm just joking. But right, things change. But you know what? This love, it never changes or fades away. And how's that how can we live that way practically? By pouring out what's been poured in, and that's connecting to the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go to number two. What is love's lifespan? Number two is this love will outlast all of the gifts. That's its lifespan. We've seen this love never changes or fades, and now this love will outlast all of the gifts. Now, we're going to be covering the second part of verse 8 into verse 10. But first of all, take a look at the rest of verse 8. It says here, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. We'll stop right there. Now, as Paul gets into this part of verse 8, he's contrasting this love that never ends to gifts of the Spirit that will one day run its course, will be done. And so Paul List some gifts, like the gift of prophecy. That's like a a special word of of, of prophecy or a prediction or, or something like that. Or the gift of tongues. We know that's praying in your spiritual language unknown to the person praying. That's tongues, and, and uh, we, we understand that. We gift the knowledge, knowing something that maybe the receiver does not know. That God gives you this word of knowledge, maybe about a situation that person. The Holy Spirit does that. God just gives you that. So these gifts that Paul really has been talking about in these chapters, he said, you know, one day those things will pass away. Prophecy will pass away. Tongues will cease. Knowledge will pass away. In this verse, when he says that it'll pass away, that, that means that uh, it will fade off. The two words pass away means it'll fade off. It'll, it'll fade off because of inactivity. There'll be no need for it. Uh, or tongues, when he says cease, tongues will cease. It means it'll come to this end. It'll come to its end. So the gifts of the Spirit will one day no longer be needed and no longer in use. And why is that? Well, because, we're going to see in a moment, because we won't need it anymore because we will be with God. But that's not the case for agape love. That's what he's really putting forth here. He's saying, look, agape love never ends. Though these gifts of the Spirit, one day, uh, there'll be no need and they'll come to a stop now in context let me remind you of what where first corinthians 13 is is it's in the middle of two chapters right from chapter 12 to chapter 14 paul's been really addressing the gifts of the spirit he's really been addressing the abuse of the gifts that the corinthian church been doing They've been just abusing it, and they've been doing things out of order. Uh, the, I'm guessing they're doing tongues in the service without any interpretation. I mean, it's very clear. When we did our study in First Corinthians, I went through all that. But in the middle of it all, he drops this chapter about love. Why is that? Because he's saying, look, you know, you guys think that you're so uh, a s- superior in your spirituality because you're into all these gifts and everything. But there's something greater, and that's love. So he drops that right here in between the two chapters when he's addressing their, issue, the, their abuse and how, how to really properly uh, do, do your gifts. He drops in this whole chapter about love to say, you know, that's what's important is love. Matter of fact, he, he, he says that um, here what we're learning is that, you know what? Gifts are going to be gone, but love Never ends. So Paul begins now saying, look, these gifts, they're going to cease. But love will keep going on. That's what he's contrasting here. Then he goes on in verse 9 now. Look at verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So he's saying, you know, at this time, what we know of spiritual things of God and all. It's only part of what there is to know. That's what he's saying. It's only a part of it. And even he's saying in prophecy, it's only part of the whole picture. In other words, so the gifts, which he's been talking about, the gifts reveal only a partial view of God and the spiritual things, the things of God. So, now he's moving into explaining why gifts will cease. Well, then he says in verse 9, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. The partial is these gifts, this partial view, a uh, partial understanding of things, uh, not knowing everything in prophecy. But he says, when will that happen? When the perfect comes. And what is that? You know what? It's the time we go to heaven. That's when the perfect comes. That's when we're perfect. Did right in our glorified bodies which our bodies are going to be made and uh, to live in heaven we can't live in these bodies anymore and as paul will say later in first corinthians 15 that that the the uh corruption will take on incorruption right we'll shed our bodies this fleshly bodies and we'll receive glorified bodies that are able to live in heaven these uh fleshly bodies are still tied to sin and the flesh but our glorified bodies are built for eternity, for heaven, where there is no sin, none of that. So when the perfect comes, when that time we go to live in heaven, then we will not need these spiritual gifts anymore. You see, the gifts kind of bridge that, 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 that eternal part, right? I mean that the gifts kind of help us get a glimpse or we experience when when the gifts are being uh, given or or you know exercised right it's a miracle happening to me right If you speak in tongues and then someone else interprets it's like, oh, how they know it's the Holy Spirit working, and i've been in afterglow times where oh, I see that I hear that going on, and it's like wow, God's here, the Holy Spirit's moving, right? When a word of knowledge is given, like people have given me a word, and then it's like, whoa, how'd they know, yeah? Or or a word of prophecy is given, and then months later, what they told me has come to pass. Or or I remember uh, one lady praying for me, and she had a word, and then I was like, how did she know I was praying that two weeks ago? And so those things are like miracles. It's like, wow. The Spirit's moving. God is here. But once we get to heaven, we don't need that. We don't... It's no longer necessary when we reach heaven. Because you know what? We're going to actually be there in heaven with God. We're going to be in this whole realm. So we don't need that little bridge in that sense. I was thinking about it this way. In Revelation 21, verse 3, the second part. Basically, it says, Behold... It's talking about heaven. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Right? So we, we don't need to like, like ha- oh God, I, I, I want to be with you. I sent you. you no, not at all. We're going to be there right with him. We're going to hear his voice directly. We're gonna, it's gonna be right to, Everything's gonna to come together, you guys. Even our understanding. I think I was talking to someone the other day, I forgot who, but you know, even like our understanding in things, like with our glorified bodies, I think we're gonna get a, a mind that will be able to receive and conceive and understand. All this in heaven that we cannot right now. We, we can only get glimpses. We only get glimpses of experiencing the Holy Spirit moving and God moving. And that's great. It's awesome. But just think, when there's no barrier of time and space or flesh, right? None of that. None of that. And it's, we're in heaven. That's what Paul is saying. That the gifts reveal only a partial view, but hey, when the perfect comes... You know what it it's that's going to be the real deal there, so his point is look the this love agape will outlast all the gifts, yeah, the spiritual gifts, really they have a limited lifespan there's going to be expiration date, basically, but not agape, not agape. I was thinking about how um in uh, uh I, I think as in I forgot what year, but it was in the ni- 1990s. Yeah? I distinctly remember breaking down, finally getting a pager. Remember? Maybe uh, you older guys know what a pager is, right? And it buzz or beep, right? And, and it had a little screen, so it only takes so many characters. So you had little codes like 911 means go, go find a pay phone and, and call right away, right? Or 411 or 6, I forgot our little codes that we had, but I remember distinctly getting that because Kristen was pregnant with our with our first child, and it was kind of like, oh, I got, you know, and I had an event I was at, a, a crusade, evangelistic crusade, and I got to make sure if I got to go, I got to go, you know, kinda, I remember getting that pager, and then I remember during that era, too, getting a, um, maybe you guys remember, a Palm Pilot, yeah, a PDA, they call it, a Personal I forgot something, yeah, and I remember it was so cool, like wow, i I can write on it with the stylus, and i could I could set my calendar in here, I could take notes and just it was it was like high tech it was the, it was the coolest thing, right, a pager, you know, a pDA right, but then what happened in two thousand and seven? the iPhone came out, and now the iphone i mean it 's unreal, right. This is a, a, like a, um, a little tiny computer, right? It's, it's, it's like, I, I remember Janaea when she was in high school, she's graduated college, everything. I remember her editing videos on her iPhone that she took on her iPhone and, for school. And, or she made a little uh, video from youth camp. And I was like amazed because I was doing videos in the 90s with this souped up huge computer and everything. I think, you're doing that on your phone? What? It's it's unreal how this is our computer. Some people don't even have computers anymore. They just carry their phone. But with this technology, would you really carry a pager? (laughs) Would you really like go find some palm pilot on ebay or something like that why no need right no need well what i'm trying to say is why carry it if this is old technology then why do we focus so much on the gifts but not love and here's what paul is trying to flip around it's not that gifts are bad today we we use our gifts we we exercise our gifts and all we need that today but sometimes that's the focus and not love. Agape will outlast all of the gifts. Gifts are temporary, but love will never end. Love will never be obsolete. So you guys, this is why it's important. Paul is, remember bringing this out to the Corinthians. who They were abusing the gifts. That was their thing. They thought, oh, I'm so spiritual because I have these gifts. I can speak in tongues, so I'm, I'm above you guys. Paul's saying, no, it's not about that. It's about Love. That's what's important. So he's putting this out. So what is love's lifespan? This love never changes or fades away. This love will outlast all the gifts. And number three, this love grows as you grow up spiritually. This love grows as you grow up spiritually. Look at verse 11. He goes on here. He has an analogy for us. He says in verse 11, 1 Corinthians 13, When I was a child... I spoke like a child. I thought like I, a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. All right, so here's this analogy he brings in. And he brings the idea of, you know, when, when I was a little kid, and uh, one commentator says in the original language, it's speaking about like a cakey that's three or four years old. And, he, and here's Paul saying, you know, when I was little, I, I spoke like a little kid, you know. Maybe the pronunciations weren't that great. I, I thought like a kid, seen like a kid, like seeing things real simply, or, uh, and, and I reason, you know, in kids' mind. You know, it's like I remember that commercial um, long ago where. The dad and daughter watching the, the sun go down, and the dad's like, "Ready, ready! Here it goes! Here it goes! Ready, ready!" Well, and then when the sun dipped down below the horizon, goes there it goes, and and the little daughter gets all excited, yeah, yeah, all right, daddy, do it again, you know, kind of thing. But right, we we reason in a certain we only see things a certain way because as a child, it's our immaturity, and I believe what Paul is saying is that look, you, thinking. The miracle, I call it miracle, of the gifts of the Spirit is everything. That's like being children. But then he says this, in this analogy. He says, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Right? When he grew up, he doesn't think that way, reason that way. You know, he understands things in a better way. And so, in maturity, he's saying, You know what's really important when we grow up in the Lord, when we mature in the Lord? We understand that love is really what matters in the end. That's what he's presenting here. There's a miracle of the spiritual gifts. Yeah, that's great. But understand there's the miracle of loving others like God loves. If you take a look, it'll be up on your screen, but look over at the last verse Of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. Paul's been talking about the gifts and everything, but he says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So he's saying, look, these gifts are great. It's great for the body, build up the body, but let me show you something even higher. Let me show you something even more superior, more excellent. And then he goes into chapter 13 and talks about love so understand this that this love grows as you grow spiritually it has to be that way as we grow in the Lord from baby Christians, you know, from our simple understandings and we get more into uh, uh, the Lord and our walk, we, we, we forsake more and more of our sins as God has freed us from the cross, Jesus. And we, we grow in our understanding of Jesus and trials and what that means. You remember your first trial? like, God, what are you doing to me? Right? Did I do something bad? Oh, you're punishing me. But then you learn, oh, no. Every Christian goes through trials, right? We we grow in our understanding of his sovereignty and his sovereign plan and we can trust him more and that okay God, I'm holding on to Romans 8:28 all things work together for good. We grow, right? We grow in our Christianity and our spiritual maturity, we can handle more problems better and all of that. But there's one area I think we neglect and that's love. We settle for a lower level. We think that's okay. We hear messages on our agape love and go, ah, I can't do that. Uh, I'll, I'll try for a little while. Yeah. And Then you run out of steam. But you know what? This agape love should grow as you grow spiritually. That's what Paul is saying here. That we need to become an adult here. That more and more agape should flow out of what God has poured in, right? Out of the mature believer. That's what's important here. Not, oh, yeah, I fi- finally, uh, you know, I have to get the tongues. Or, oh, there's prophecy, you know. I mean, I don't understand it because it's the Spirit, but there, some charismatic churches have like a prophecy school. It's like, huh, what's that? You know, it just don't, doesn't make sense to me. But no, this is one thing where we need to go to school, and we're going to school these five weeks, and we need to learn and grow in them, That this is who God is making us to be. Remember our f- first message, I'm, I mentioned that what is love? Love is important. That was one of our points because this is who we are. This, th- this identifies us in the world that we have agape coming out, flowing out of us. Van Savner, this Baptist preacher, writer, he was a straight shooter guy. I love his books. He said this. Uh, not tongue, nor faith, nor prophecy, nor knowledge, nor martyrdom, nor philanthropy, but love is the Christian's mark of distinction. That's it, you guys. So let me pause here for a moment. Do you hear God's call? I've been mentioning that, right, from the beginning. Do you hear, though, do you hear it this way? God is saying, look, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. In this area, it's it's time to no longer be children about this, but to grow up and become mature Christians who love with this kind of love, who have this flowing out. Maybe this love for you has been neglected. You've been putting it to the side, thinking it's impossible. But now you understand it's the Holy Spirit, right? You got to get link in and connect with the Spirit, though. Maybe you let you've learned this before, but. You know, you let it slide. Maybe you understand and now through this series and we come to the last message of this, now maybe you're in a different place with your walk with Jesus. And maybe these are like wow hitting hitting you like they never did before. That's God. God is growing us in that way. He's helping us to understand what agape really is, and he's bringing us into a deeper walk with a deeper agape in us to give out. And so, you know what? It's time to grow up. It's time to recommit and to connect your heart to the Holy Spirit, to connect to God. Understand that today. You know, years ago, um, Queen Victoria, uh, I think she was queen in the 1800s, famous queen. She made a lot of changes. Well, she received the incredible koinor diamond. It's one of the biggest diamonds in the world. I think today it's it's set in a crown. Well, anyway, she received that huge diamond as a gift from the Maharaji when he was just a boy of 10 years old. It's been told when the Maharaji, the Ali'i of India, right, was a grown man, he came back to visit the queen again. And this time he asked the queen, can I hold that stone again? And, And she said, okay. So taking the diamond in the hand, you know what he did? He went before the queen. He knelt before the queen, and he said this, Your Majesty, I gave you this jewel when I was just a child. I was too young to know what I was really doing. Today, I give it to you again, this time in the fullness of my strength, with all my heart affection, now and forever, and he said these words, fully realizing all that I do. What what a, what a thing to do. Perhaps this is the moment for you. You've heard messages. You've heard this before. you studied this before probably. But God has been working deep in us. we've taken five weeks. Today the fifth one. Why? Because he wants to go deep. He wants to. We're in a, maybe you're in a different place. But I'm in a different place in my walk. And now God is saying. Hey. Commit to connect here. To the Holy Spirit. So I can love this way. You know it could be all of this that we're hearing uh, what we're studying, what God is speaking us to be is, is exactly what he wants us to do because he's preparing us for a situation, for something happening in a relationship, for something where he wants us to pour out this love in this circumstance. Perhaps that for such a time as this, I've been reading Esther, so in my devotions, Right? that we're here right now, that we as a church been studying this since December 31st for such a time as this that God wants to use us in this manner. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord, to commit and connect. That's what I pray for. All right, well, what is life's, love's lifespan? Well, it never changes or fades away. Love, out, This love agape outlasts all of the gifts. It grows as, as you grow up spiritually. But our, our last thing t- today is number four. Number four, this love lives on into all eternity. What is love's lifespan? Well, this love lives on into all eternity. And we're going to take the last two verses in this section. First of all, verse 12, 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face... Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. All right, so Paul begins here with another analogy. And he says, look, for now, right now, in this time we live in on earth, right, we see a mirror dimly. But later, right, when the perfect comes, when we're in heaven, where it's going to be face to face. We're going to see God for who he is, all the spiritual things. Now, in the ancient times, they didn 't have nice mirrors like we have. It was more like polished metal, yeah, so you can imagine like look look into a spoon you know <laughs> or something like that, or you know that you know trying to see, oh, is my hair okay you know i mean that 's why you know back in ancient times, our hair was messy, no, just joking, just joking but but so we we look into he says right now you know it's it's this blurry kind of thing it 's hard to make things out. But in heaven, everything is going to be seen. And you know what? The NLT translates it like perfect clarity. So in, ter- in eternity, we'll see God literally face to face as he is. And so he says, look, so now, right now, I know in part. Like I can only see, understand only things partially because I can't see everything clearly. I, 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 what I know right now is incomplete. Yeah. But in heaven, he says, and then I shall know uh, fully, even as I have been fully known. So he's saying in heaven, I'm going to see everything completely as much as God completely knows me. And we know God knows everything and God knows us through and through every part of us, our thoughts, what's in our heart, everything. Well, uh, uh, in that same way, we're going to know everything. So just as intimately and clearly God knows Paul, Paul saying, "You know what? In heaven we're going to see and know things in the eternal realm." So, even, no matter how much you know of the Bible, no matter how many years you've been a Christian, no matter the truths that are said in you, you know what? It's not totally clear. I um, there's I like to talk the, theology, and you know, there's some different. Uh, views on certain things. And, and I, I always like to joke and say, well, you know what? Most likely none of us is right, say, on this particular topic. I mean, I feel this way. These are my convictions. Someone else may feel that. But most likely none of us are, is right. But you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to see that we've all been wrong. This is what's really right. Yeah? And, and, and so that's it. We're going to be seeing things clearly. Right now we think we know, Paul's saying, but we really don't know. Then he says here in verse 13, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. He, when he says these things will abide, in other words, faith and, and hope and love, they're, they're, they're the highest things. They're, they're basic to Christianity. More than the gifts, these are the basic things of Christianity. And, and in that perfect, in that heaven, there's faith and hope to be around. But, but you have to understand, he's saying, you know, the greatest, though, is going to be agape. The greatest is going to be love. Love, he's saying, he's saying, love is supreme over faith and hope. Because love is going to keep going, you guys. Love, think about it this way love will keep on loving in heaven. Love is the one thing that will continue on forever. Because faith, faith will be complete. Think about that. Think about how what God's word says about salvation will be finished. Yeah? His plan of salvation, not just receiving Jesus being saved, but where you have eternal life, right? But also we're going to, We're going to make it to heaven. We're going to have our glorified bodies. That's the whole package of salvation. It's faith in what we believe and what God said will be finished, will be complete. And that faith will also bring us to that reality of being with the Lord Jesus. So you can say faith becomes sight when we're face to face with our Lord. Faith will be complete. Hope, hope will be realized Hoping one day, oh, to leave this world, to get out of this sinful body, right? This flesh that's breaking down as I get older, right? Uh, I mean, that's our hope. Hope for our trials to end, yeah? For the troubles in, in this world. Oh, I can't wait for that, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come quickly soon, yeah? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I mean, that's our hope. Well, hope will be fulfilled when we're in that perfect when we're in heaven. But in contrast to faith that's completed, hope that's fulfilled, you know what? Love, love doesn't end. Love will not stop. That's why Paul says in verse 8 in this section, really love will never end. Love never ends. Why? Because the love of God is still going to flow, right? He's still going to be loving us. He loves us with what? An everlasting love. It's not like while you're in heaven, okay, no more love for you guys. No, it's still going to be there. And you know what? Not only the love of God for us, but the love for God will be given, won't it? We'll be in heaven loving him and worship and praise and being, spending time with him. We have love for God. And here's the thing. We will also have love for one another. This love will flourish in heaven. So do you understand now? Love's lifespan, it's eternal. It doesn't, there's no expiration. It doesn't stop. Love never ends. This love lives on into all eternity. I was thinking about it this way. Agape will be the currency we exchange between one another. Juan Carlos Ortiz said, Love is the oxygen of the kingdom. And I believe he's talking about the kingdom of God now, but I, I believe it's going to be the kingdom of God in heaven too. Love will go on. agape will flourish in all areas of heaven. And so we need to let it flourish now, yeah, right now, today. And what Paul's been trying to tell them is, stop majoring on the minors. Yeah? Start focusing on love that's what's gonna last that's what's vital and important more than anything else yeah gifts are great it's okay but we need to focus on that we need to invest let's say in that way there's this old christian kind of humorous story of a man who pleaded with the lord uh if he could bring one thing to heaven he persisted and so god allowed him to pack some gold bricks. Probably heard this. When he arrived in heaven, the angel said, you can't bring that suitcase in here. The man said, but the Lord said I could. The angel says, okay, all right. Hey, by the way, what's, what's in there anyway? So the man opened the bag and the angel looked in then the angel started laughing. Oh, it's just pavement, <laughs> right? The street's paved in gold. Well, 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 what really matters to us today, yeah? is it going to last into eternity? Jesus said, lay your treasures, right, in heaven and not on the earth because that's what we need to invest in, to focus in on that love. Again, it's important, ministry, witnessing, it's important, our gifts of the Spirit exercising. But compared to agape, compared to love, because love has this eternal value, right? Right? We need to really start changing how we handle agape in our lives and really start connecting and letting it flow. In the end, this love makes a difference, right? And I believe this is how God wants us to shine the light. Not just talk about Jesus. Not just hold to the truths and principles of the word not just pray for people, not just share about Christ's atonement, but to really share all of that in love with agape. That's what's going to make a difference in in our world. I want to close this and close our whole series with this. I read about how how the um, Medinger Clinic in Kansas, uh, they have an interesting approach to their patients. They require their staff to love. They say from the top psychiatrists down to electricians and caregivers, all contacts with patients must manifest love. And they say it is to be, quote unquote, love unlimited. Interesting, yeah? Well, the result was that hospitalization time was cut in half. For example, there was a woman who for three years sat in a rocking chair and never said a word to anyone. Well, the doctor called the nurse in and said, Mary, they changed names, but Mary, I'm giving you Mrs. Brown as your patient. All I'm asking you to do is to love her till she gets well. So the nurse tried it. She got a rocking chair of the same kind as Mrs. Brown, sat alongside her, loved her morning, noon, and night. And on the third day, the patient spoke. And in a week, she was out of her shell and completely well. You guys, this is it. We can make a difference. We can change the world around us. Because agape is the love that touches others. Let's pray. God, it is humbling, Lord, to me, to even go over this, to teach this, Lord. But it's not only for the church, but it's for me also. It's for us. And God, we're humbled in what we learn. We see our inadequacies, our shortcomings. But Lord, thank you for the hope we have in you because this would not be in your word. This, we would not be studying this these past weeks if it were not for your will and what your spirit wants to say to us so that we can live it. God, thank you that you do give us the ability to live in the manner you want us to live. That you don't just leave us to ourselves, but you work in us, God. You're continuing to cultivate the fruit, Lord, of love to come out of our lives. So help us, Lord, in that. We cannot do it on our own. And Lord, as we pray, I just want to pray for everyone, Lord, that, God, we want to commit to connecting to you. We want to commit to connect, Lord, so that what you poured in, we, we can pour out. So help us, Lord, to understand even what that means. What does it mean to connect to the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit, to be controlled and filled by the Spirit, to, to, to be empowered by the Spirit? Lord, let us learn. But as we learn, fill us now, God, because we want to connect, God. We want to recommit our heart to you so that we would not neglect, Lord, giving this kind of love, agape, out to others. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your name, amen.